Well, Savage, welcome back, baby. It's good to have you on this side of the pond. It's good to be back into the portal, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, as always, as always. I mean, if you're uh, if you're new here, welcome. I appreciate y'all. But uh, a kindred spirit, the Shifu of Shifus, Shifu Bamboo himself, and uh, uh, Josh is a good, a good close compadre and brother in arms. Uh, and I gotta say, man, I, I appreciate. I always appreciate the time and I appreciate these conversations. I'm excited for this one in particular, as uh, you have been. Well, tell the people where you've been, if you if you don't mind. Then let's start there because this is this is where we'll we'll dive off. Yes, absolutely. So um, I am a, a hardcore work fanatic. I live in the forge, but every once in a while, I force myself into a new situation. And I'd say in the last six uh, last seven months, I've definitely started to broaden my horizons more. And so this last little rendezvous on the other side of the pond took me from Miami, Florida, all the way to Qatar. Nice 14-hour layover in Qatar after a 13-and-a-half-hour flight to Qatar. And then from Qatar, I went and stayed in Thailand for a total of three weeks to visit my childhood friend who we have maintained the friendship for, yeah, it's over 20 years. I think we're all, yep, we're, we're coming up on some 30 years in a few years. So, yeah, man, took a little trip, Southeast Asia. Shout out to Pablo, baby. Shout yeah. out to Pablo. What's, Leroy what? Jenkonius. <laughs> so. Well, uh, what sparked this? I'm glad to see the relationship with the Brotherhood holds strong worldwide. Yes. Uh, I know you travel often for work. Uh, you have to see all of, maybe not that side of the world, but all of this side of the world often. Absolutely. First, to- first time going over there. How'd you prep? What were you thinking about? Any any intention setting well, that you did uh, with some apes? Intention setting was more, what do I seek to get out of a trip? So every time I take a trip, um, because... I am, I wouldn't, I'm not going to call myself a history buff because that's when the mm. history buffs show they up for you. and start <laughs> grinding you down in our cancel culture. You know, they try to dominate you with their, with their historical facts. But um, no, I think just the intention there, um, every time I travel, it's get the climate. And what I mean by the climate is political climate, cultural climate, like just figure out what it is to be a local in wherever I'm traveling to. Um, for instance, like a while back when I went to Cuba, that's something as a Jamaican, we have a very different uh, view towards Cuba, their government, Castro, things like that. You know, we've all read the Che Guevara thing, but living in Miami, you have the Cubans mm-hmm. and they have a very specific view. And if you are not with them, you are OK, you know, with murderous and death and just all this stuff that came with their revolution but like i said it's just perspective and so in preparation for thailand um funny enough i prepped for my layover first that was a big one for me um because it would be the first time that i entered a majority muslim country and a country that falls under muslim law so in preparation for that it's just like okay you learn a thing about islam at least coming from the states It's like there's two ways into Islam. You're born an Arab or you're a black man that went to prison. 
and then you found Allah. You know, like that's the thing. You know, those these are the stereotypes here. So I have an idea. You know, we've all cracked the Quran open, checked it out. Uh, me, I'm a person that likes to pick and choose from all these belief systems and stuff like that. But then to actually enter Qatar, and so I think of them as the I would call Qatar the Las Vegas of the Arab world. It's just a desert with a bunch of like flashy things and large buildings and fancy stores and their airport is absolutely insane. You ever, Mind you. You ever been to Vegas? Yeah, I've been to Vegas. Well, I've, is, well to me, when you say Vegas, I just think of a, a mall in the desert. Yes, that's so, what Qatar is. Same, same thing? At least Doha. So I can't okay. speak for all of yeah, Qatar. Let's generalize and brush for broad strokes, baby. I like it. Exactly. So <laughs> in preparation for that, it was just, uh, all right, open-mindedness was the important thing. Just to keep an open mind and be super respectful every time I travel. One of the most important things is don't offend the locals. And so, of course, I made the mistake of not packing a long sleeve. So I definitely offended the locals when I stepped out. Off the because trip. straight tattoos, <laughs> I am the definition of haram, like the walking devil at this point. But still, you know, no animosity, walked around, you know, checked out Qatar. But yeah, so the intention was to learn. And so I picked up a lot of learning there. But the intentions for Bangkok were different because I'm a person who's entered Asia. I went to Japan. Almost a polar opposite culturally. And mm. so in your head, you're just like, oh, China man, all China man is the same. <laughs> no, all China man is not the same. And no, you can't call them all China man. So, you know, like there's a thing. So coming from Jamaica, and that's why Chinese Jamaicans are their own. Everybody's miss a chin. Yeah, they are a separate entity from Southeast Asia. They are closer to black than they are to Asian. Um, But yeah, so it was just like constantly just erasing little things that I thought in my head before I arrived so that when I arrived, I was ready to soak up like a sponge. So those were really the intentions. The other intentions were, you know, the checklist. All right, what do I got to do when I'm there? What's the 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 things that are going to feed my soul. So like the Sakyant tattoo was on the list, like the little materialistic yeah. things. Oh, buy a Buddha, um, learn a little a few words here and there, a little language, you know, and uh, just really soak up the people. Um, definitely, you know, not that it's like on the list of desires, but the lady boys, everybody, you got to see them, you know, because <laughs> you're just like, yo, while we're here in America having all these issues with pronouns, the lady boys are like an age old institution there. And it's just part of Thailand. So you have to see it. It's the third gender. So, you know, like just these little things and and the interactions of people and then public transportation, because I'm an engineer and I'm a nerd. So infrastructure is just going to yeah. be a thing that I nerd out on. So like all these things are just like, you know, what do I want to learn? And so really it was just because uh, Thailand was never on the list. It's never been on the bucket list. It just didn't make the cut. You know, uh, and so in going on this trip, the reason for it is when you promise someone something for over a decade and they're a good friend of yours and they breathe life into you when you speak and, you know, just you have to start to understand and see their life the way that like really just empathize instead of sympathizing. It's not that a sad thing is happening. I'm just saying I had to cross over the threshold of, hey, 
Pablo, when are you coming home, man? Like I had to stop asking that question because he's not coming home. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to understand what he sees, where he lives, as to why that is a better option than here. You know, mm-hmm. and some would say, oh, you live in Florida? That's a no-brainer. But, you know, it really wasn't a no-brainer. And I had to go see for myself and understand. Um, and then as I got there, intentions definitely shifted a bit because on the first night I was there, I got, like, the biggest news of life that I did not expect, did not see coming. But I found out that my friend is having a child. Jeez. And the child will be born in Thailand. And he just signed another two-year lease. So he definitely ain't coming home. <laughs> so just that alone, like, and that was just a piece of trickery that that I did not fully support because he knows I'm super considerate of those that I love and chill with. And uh-huh. so if he would have told me he was having a baby in a month, I would not have gone because I felt <laughs> like it was a complete infringement on his family life and, you know, these kind of yeah. things. But, yeah, so the intentions were just I want to be a sponge. I want to soak up this culture. I want to understand why my best friend of over 20 years – loves this place so much yeah well you got to have friends like that i mean and you also have to travel it's going to open up your horizons help you get more perspective maybe be a little more empathetic when you come back to your motherland and your home uh and ideally i don't know enjoy it along the way in terms of the food the people the culture from all my travels i've only ever been impressed in that the takeaway maybe other than a select couple of places, but the takeaway for most of these places is like food's pretty tight. Culture's great, but the people are just so warming and welcoming. And for the most part, like tourism is, I want to show you off. I want to, I want to show you my world. I want to show you my experience. I want to show you what I'm proud of. I want to show you where I'm from all these different things. You can't see that until you, you go, you know, Um, I tell you, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I was coming from, did Thailand maybe two years ago? No, well, long, long, five, five than years that, ago. Remember, COVID was the block of time everyone yeah. erased in their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, it's, it's five. Two plus three. Two plus two is five. It's true. It's coming from India. And just in terms of, of sheer cleanliness, sheer just like hygiene on the streets, bro, dead ass. I was like kissing the ground in Thailand because I'm like, this place is just so damn clean. Well, you went to the grungiest of the grunge. <laughs> Funny enough, so I got invited to a wedding, just a side story. Yeah. I got invited to a wedding that was in the heart of India, um, like in rural India by yeah. a very good friend of mine right before I was going this? to Thailand. Did you go? No, I didn't end up going because it was like 3500 to change my ticket. And Shit. I was like, Bro. Yo, Indian weddings are wild, eh? It's like a it's a celebration. It's like thousands of people that come. Like they and they'll block off the city for three days. It's a different level of commitment. Like, yo, bro, you jump it in. Great up. It's 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 ultra. It's Tomorrowland, but for Indians. And yeah, I didn't get to make I didn't get to make that leg of the trip, which I was very sorry about, but you know, I can see why you would kiss the ground because from what i know of india yes uh, yeah which, which not- is a shame because it's a fucking beautiful country absolutely it, it, it has a lot of things going for it it's just it's it's i'd say similar with China, similar with just a really densely populated country it's just so many damn people so much people producing shit and shit hang that it's just going to be really tough to keep that bitch clean but, yeah 
and even uh, sewage systems are are much older. Uh, really? Once you step outside the U.S., like yeah, they have some new things to it, but it's like they haven't updated how they do sewage. So like even Thailand, you, and you know, the mm. first culture shock you get is when the toilet paper is no longer where it should be, <laughs> and you're just all up. <laughs> Sitting on a toilet with a hose, you know, like I, that's a culture shock. I tell, I tell you the story of how I'm going to shit myself in Taj Mahal. <laughs> no. I tell you the story? <laughs> oh, maybe. That's a, a historical site, bro. You should have held it. You should have held it. I tried to, Josh. I tried to. What had, hap- what had happened was we were on the, like, the Golden Triangle tour. We said, for the five days, let's go hit. Bang, bang, bang. Taj Mahal is one of them. It's like in the dead smack of the trip. And we're all, I don't know, we're with our friends, so we're partying. We're enjoying it. We're doing what we can. I stay up the night before in the hotel. Maybe went to the pool, played some card games, drinking, debauchery, probably till like 3 a.m. And the thing with the Taj, you got to get there early. It's a fucking, it's one of the, the seven wonders. So you got to be there from 5 a.m., 6 a.m. from the door opens up so that you can get in line and get to it. Straight from Drinking. the botchery to the holy site. I see. You. Yes. And the problem is with beer in India, they put glycerin in it. You know that as a preservative, which was new for some of us. So it, it'll mess with the gut microbiome. It's lubing the, the pipes. Oh, boy. It was doing a lot of a lot of things. So and you already have the beer shits and things that always struggle with you. Uh, and getting there, you feel okay. You see the Taj, you feel like the sun rises, the sun starts to bake a little bit. I'm wearing my athletic shorts, just like my running shorts. And I just start telling my boys like, man, it's rough dog. We got it. We got to go. You know, like I just, I wasn't panicking. I was just like communicating to the boys what's going on. Like keeping them, Hey, Hey boys, I think we, we should probably, we should get back to the hotel. You know, like it's a fucking complex by the way, the Taj and as I keep walking, I slowly go from like a stride to a casual walk to more like a penguin waddle to a, you know, just holding and squeezing, squeezing, squeezing everything. Went from a nice, pretty gracious jog to a, to a yeah. squeezing the cheeks. And then the, 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 the boy, it was squeezing them all. And the boys are just roasting you, just not making it easy. Just like whipping out the camera and say, oh, hey, mate, we got a live one. We have this young wild American lad who just forgot his pantalones. Can't find a toilet, bro. There's no signs. There's, anyways, finally talked to somebody to say it's right all the way at the entrance. Hustle and bustle, hustle. And the boy's just making you laugh, which is hurting the belly. And, you know, it's just a bad experience. I finally see the place, bro. I got, I got, I got TII. This is India, bro. I went up. I finally see him. I was like, hey, please. Where's Washman Gadu? That'll be 500 rupees, sir. He he knew the damage you were about to do was going to cost some money. She said, this is not the time, dog. I don't have the cash. Look around my wallet. Can't find it. Robbie, dog, please help me. Help me. And, of course, they're going to, you know, how bad do you want it, Nikki? Oh, my God, bro. That's why I travel with my mother. That's what I that's what I should have done. I come back in. Hey, thank you, sir. Rush in. Open up the stall. No toilet, just a hole in the floor. I said, all right, this is India. What can you do? What in India? <laughs> look around. No toilet paper. I'm like, wait a second. This is, this can't happen. I run back. 
That'll be 500 rupees, sir, for the toilet paper. Uh-huh. So I got to go back. Oh, man, they got me good. They got me good. And, uh, yeah, I'll just never forget the time I almost shit myself in India because, you know, those games, it's hard to play when it's waddling. It's hot. It's very hard to play. And, and seeing as you went there as an adult, you know, it's like, yo, I've had this many years clean since I've since I've done something like that. I'm trying to maintain. What's crazy, though, Josh, I haven't had that many years clean because, you know, me, no. I like to roll Don't the dice. We've all been there, dog. I'm going to use like that. Oh, I'm 30. Damn. I got 10 years since the last, the last incident. Bro, I am 10 years clean. Hey, 10 years clean? I wish I could say similar, dog. I wish I could Damn. say similar. That happens Anyways. to the best of us, bro. Anyways, what can you do? So what? So what did you? So what did you think of Thailand? Like I don't know. From what I saw, it was there was clearly two distinct cultures. Like you go island hopping, and then it's more like the Brits, where they go to Mexico, and it's just party central, full moon, half moon party. But then there's also the other parts of the country where you can go and maybe try and immerse yourself a little bit more in the culture. Yeah. Uh, so I, I uh, imagine you got to see a different side through through your boy. Yeah, so I saw everyday life. So my time in Bangkok, two of the weeks were spent in Bangkok. Uh, one week spent in Raleigh. So Raleigh is basically south of Krabi. It's a peninsula that you can only access by long tail boat. So that week was my immersion into island life of Bangkok. Um, and so it's just basically just like you said, it is the Cancun of that side of the world, you know? And so, but all the islands are different. And that's one of the things I learned. So, you know, like there were islands that I was like, oh, they look beautiful. They're so, I hate this word, Instagrammable. And then, you know, I had the benefit of Pablo being a great tour guide and saying, yo, don't go to Koh Samui because Koh Samui, you're just going to have a bunch of honeymooners and they're going to be asking you, where's your lady and when you get married? Because I was traveling alone, which also... This is the farthest and first trip that I have really just taken completely solo, just gone. And then with the baby on the way, it's like I didn't have all the access, which I didn't feel it because uh, Pablo and his wife, Sandra, definitely made time for me and stuff when we were in the city. And then when I went to the islands, I went by myself first. And then Pablo came a few days later and finished out the week with me. But it's exactly like you said. So. Island life, it is an extension of Jamaica. So in Raleigh, you got Rasta bars everywhere. <laughs> you got, and weed is now legal since the beginning of this year. So it's Damn. just uh, Jamaica. Oh, straight shit. up. Shit. Rasta music playing, just straight beach bum, chill uh. dudes. And then Raleigh is also a big climber island. So if you're into rock climbing, there's a ton of rock climbing to do. And so right, maybe it was like a 20-minute walk if it's low tide. If not, it's like a 30-minute hike from Riley to Tansai, which is the climber's beach. And so you just have these different waves of people, some people that are just trying to relax, some people that came for the mushroom shakes, some people that came for the weed or the 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 resin or hashish from Nepal. You know, you got everybody there. Families Which one are there. you? Which one are you? Uh, you know me. I dabble in it all. <laughs> uh, well, here's the other thing. Jack of all trades. Here's the other thing. So what I would call Riley is the natural island, and it's a very peaceful place. 
because they don't have a lot of problems. They don't have a lot of rowdy. You're not getting the Phuket crowd. The Phuket crowd are the people that want all of that plus the flesh trade. So, and then some extra and some more, you know, and so let's add a few more, uh, maybe more synthetic drugs in the mix. (laughs) Now we have Phuket. But also Phuket is very hard to get around um, in terms of you're going to rent a bike. You're going to have to learn to drive in time. Yeah, tuk tuk, those kind of stuff. So it's much bigger on the scale. Whereas Riley, once you've taken the long tail boat, everything is walking. So it's just like it's like being in the grill for a week. That's how I took it. Except the beach is very different. The limestone cliffs are insane to see. The bat migrations, you know, if you're sitting, one of the most beautiful sunsets I've seen also in Riley. And then sunrise, insane in Riley. Um, But, yeah, so it's just like a chill Negril. And you have, if you are from the Caribbean, you have that comfort of knowing that Bob Marley is going to be playing every day. And so you, you just, you know things, like you know the music, you yeah, know. That's good. If, if people you People resonate with you, they're like, oh, you're from Jamaica. Oh, I love Jamaica, man. I'm like, yes, you have five Rastafarian flags and, you know. I've all come this, home. I'm home, my brother. I'm home. Yeah, all this memorabilia. Of course, you know, we're going to vibe. Did you find did you find the travel difficult then? If this is your first one in doing that solo for the first few days, what were some of the things you expected? What was something you you took from it or learned from it? So travel, I will tell you. Me, because I have amassed a certain amount of wealth, I always take the rich guy road. So when I'm somewhere, I don't like subways. I'm not a big subway person. <laughs> Um, the man says he wants to get with the people, understand the locals. Yeah, I want to get with the people, but I don't want to be that close. Subways, foreign subways, I won't even ride New York subway. The only infrastructure, dog. That's infrastructure. The only way to see. Look, I'm just telling you my own personal issues. My <laughs> mental issues they are subways. All right, all right, all right. The only subway I've ever rode successfully is the bullet train in Japan, and that's because I had a tour guide and it was easy to get around, and you know, like. Back in the day when I was younger, yo, it was fun to get off at the wrong stop and have to, you know, battle your way to the trees to get back. But, yo, I'm an older man now, so whatever. Normally, I would pay the $100 to go from point A to point B, that's just a mile, and take the Uber. But uh, funny enough, with Pablo and his insight and how he travels, your boy traveled by Grab, which is Ty's Uber. Your mm-hmm. boy traveled by boat taxi, took the whole canal. <laughs> your boy walked crazy amounts and wandered into places that I wasn't even probably supposed to be. And so transportation, oh, and I took their train. I did yeah. all that. Took, took, took. Yeah. I took I took it all. I took long tail boat. Uh, the only thing I didn't do is like hot air balloon, dog. Like straight up, like I did it all, you know. So, but you've been close to China, they would have shot you down. I know, spy balloon, dog, big black man in it. But uh, no, so I, I definitely dabbled in all the forms of transportation. A bit intimidating, but with the knowledge of Pablo being there for over a decade, it was simple. It's like just like he said it. And then just like the courteousness, because before COVID, Asia had masks. So yeah. it's like me coming in, super America, no masks, raw dogging it all. And then being on a boat full of people with masks, I'm like, yo, good thing I packed this, you know, put it on just to be respectful. Because 
they've just been doing it from before COVID. So it's, it's a thing. It's culturally. commonplace. It's commonplace. Yeah. So I definitely got to dabble in all the forms of local transportation. I got to go into the very, uh, in Bangkok because uh, Pablo is part of the arts community. I showed up at a reggae dub party. Straight <laughs> Peter Tosh, Miller, uh, friggin' Bujo. You know, just like these artists that I never like. You, you know, you're gonna hear Bob Marley wherever. You of go. course, but then Peter like Tosh. Roots. I'm roots. like, this is very specific. Jacob Miller was like, boom, <laughs> dreadlocks not living. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then how do we get here? Being in the party with Ty Dreads, I was like, yo, <laughs> this is insane. And so, Damn. like, those experiences are the ones that really made Thailand. Because I'm like, Thailand is huge. There's so many different cultures in Thailand. Like you said, the two being, like, normal, regular life, all these other areas, and then the island life. And the island life is catered around tourism. But within, like, Bangkok, there's all these subgroups that like things that they like and they all nerd out about it. Mm-hmm. And then you have these people that are these expats who came, saw that there's someone that likes a culture like dub culture. And so they were like, yo, we, we vibe on this. And then decide to throw a function. Mind you, we're in a small bar. Reggae music is blazing. Weed is legal. So the whole place is cloudy. And it's just <laughs> like, like I said, I was in Bangkok, but I felt like I was in Portmore or wherever in Jamaica. And I was like, yo, this is insane. You know, and and for me, there's a beauty in that because we all know Jamaican people are proud and wherever they go is is Jamaica to the world. But Mm. I'm like, yo, we made it this far and I loved this much. Like I'm talking the dreads in there were wearing red, gold and green. Uh, all of them. One even had like, if you go to Jamaica and you're a person who's seen a real, not a dread, but a Rastafarian, you sit and look a necklace with the Haile Selassie. And I'm like, how the hell did Haile make it this far, bro? I'm like, he's here, bro. His Imperial Majesty has blessed us today. You know, so just that, that little pocket, and then, um, you know, they have just all these little people that have these things that they are into whether it be a hobby or just a passion of theirs and they do things or or throw events circled around that it's like i think that's one of the things that's kind of lacking in america you know like in different cultures there's a lot of nerding out and nerding out is a beautiful thing it just means you're passionate about something so i agree so i i went to the states twice since you've been gone i did did some work travels right yeah yeah. and and, uh i went to texas and i went to vegas i'm sorry please oh baby but I found shouts out to the great state of Texas. Amen, brother. Amen. But I found I found that I don't know. Maybe I'm, again, I'm brushing with broad, broad strokes, but it's not very connected. In so far as the reason you were able to find, I mean, albeit you had Pablo, so that maybe was a little bit of a cheat code. But you're on foot. You're walking. You're able to see yeah. and kind of poke your head in and understand and immerse yourself in cultural war. My couple of trips. Dog, I found that uh, you had to drive everywhere. It was kind of frowned upon or it wasn't very, other than a couple of the, the small little clear tourist hubs, wasn't much walking. There wasn't much 
Well, you went to big states. Texas is one of the biggest. So yeah. everything is driving. Unless you're staying inside what would be these uh, cultural meccas, you know, like it's it's and it's hard to find that. There's no Airbnb that says, hey, we are inside the cultural mecca. Stay here. <laughs> come, come. So and that's the thing. So, like, I'm, I'm bouncing around Bangkok. And of course, like you said, Pablo is the absolute cheat code. Like, mm-hmm. literally, he's the guidebook to beat the game. And so that <laughs> was just no brainer. It made my life so easy. And that was another big reason for the trip, because once he is gone, because before I got there, I thought he was moving to Spain. He oh, had shit. tricked me. I had been bamboozled. <laughs> I just want that to be on the record. But I'm glad he did. Uh-huh. And, and things worked out. But um, yeah, everything is so far in the States. And you don't have real small communities. In Bangkok, I found minor communities. Whereas in America, it's like we all just fall into one big category and we live our lives inside that category. And don't get me wrong. People nerd out in their mm-hmm. homes and do their little computer research, but here harder to connect, see people come together and just vibe, you know, and it's like, yo, where you live at? Oh, I live in Thonglor. Oh, where you live? At? I live in Ekamai. Oh, I live in Asok. And they come and show up for the reggae dub wise event. I'm like, Yo. This is it, baby. This is it. Yo. Well, hey, this is this is the closest parallel I have that's running through my head. Not closest, but driving a golf course versus walking a golf course. When you walk a golf course, you're forced to see the entire place. You mull over your shots. You can talk to people. You talk to the whole crew. You understand where everybody's coming from. This neck of the woods, that neck of the woods, yeah. this fairway, that fairway. When you drive, it's to my ball, to my ball, to my ball, to the, to the green, to the green, to the green. Yeah, you know, so it's not, it's not the same. What did you, what did you struggle with though, if if anything, um, in traveling solo? I, as much as I traveled, I only maybe took a handful of solo trips, so I never felt as if I fully, I was fully alone for an extended period of time. Yeah, so I had me some days alone over these three weeks, and not that it was sad days; it was good days. Um, but it's just like reflection and, and, and seeing how people receive you. And, and so, uh, of course, as you can assume, island life was easier to go from alone to just surrounded by people because everyone's up at 10 a.m. rolling <laughs> the first spliff, yeah, you know, to about, to, about to go climbing and just like it's like a active city, bro. Like, like, you know, when you watch these time pieces like uh, Marco Polo, I don't know if you've ever seen the show. Genghis Khan, like it's the story of Genghis Khan. Yeah. It's a show. But it's like that marketplace, uh, the free trade zone. And, right. But you're at the bar and everybody's getting ready and, you know, wake up, yeah. make up and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. About to do this today and this and this and that. You know, I'm going to have a few beers and da, 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 da. So it's like they had this bar that I kept going to because I really liked the dude that ran the bar. And I was learning a lot from him because I kept asking him things about Thai culture and this and this and that. And he'd be like, oh, you know, like, that's the king. That's my favorite king. And like, you know, when I'd be like, yo, who's the guy in the picture? Blah, 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 blah. So I got a full history lesson. But yeah, so in the island, it was, yo, go eat breakfast, chill, eat, see people, go to the bar, meet a few people, then go do my daily activities, link up with them later. Or, you know, if somebody was like, yo, I'm going to do this today, you're trying to roll, I'm going to PP Island, da, 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 da. You could do that. And it was just uh, it was the first time. So if I go out of Miami alone, I'm planning on staying alone because there's people, there's hidden agendas. Everybody's looking something from you. If they can't get something from you, it's like they don't want any part Mm -hmm. in this island area. It's just like 
Everybody just came for a story, bro. Free spirit. What's your story? Oh, where you come from? Yo, that's amazing. I do this. Boom, 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 boom. And it's you're just trading in information that is it's not even like the information you want to necessarily keep close. You're just telling a story. You're mm-hmm. saying, hey, this is who I am. You know, so that was easy. But then in Bangkok, it's a little different because it's a city. It's hustle and bustle. People are going to work and this and that. They're a little more structured. So it's like you're traveling out. And then, of course, if you look like me, everybody knows you definitely ain't tired, my boy. So it's like (laughs) questions come from that or, you know, the people are very receiving of you. There's no there's no uh, reservations that they have or no hesitation. But, um, yeah, it was just me exploring. And then, you know, sometimes you got to take that tuk-tuk with that shady looking character to get what happens. to get a good story or to figure uh, out some things or he's going to introduce you to people. So, like, for a city to, like, for someone to say, yo, I'm going to go here alone, I feel like you won't make it a month before you start to make what I would call real friendships that may last you a good time. Wow. And and um, they're just very loving. Like, yo, I met friends from Delhi and then linked up with them, exchange information, this, this, that. I met some people from Cambodia. Like, it was just a lot. Like, it was like yeah. a little metropolis of people from all these little pockets and just different lives. And it's just like, See, and it, you can understand how somebody like Pablo would just get stuck there. because Straight up. It, I understand okay. how he went there alone. Mind you, he had a cheat code because his whole family lived there. His Both of his brothers and his sister when he went. But now they're all gone. And now he's king of the city in his own right. <laughs> and so because he moves in these creative circles, it's like that is the basis for events. And so, oh, there's a poetry event. Oh, there's a comedy night. And then you meet these people, you know, after the shows because you got cheat code Pablo. And yeah. it's like, yo, wait, you're from Miami? Like, oh, damn. Like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yo, Pablo's not even Miami no more. But what's Miami like? You know? yeah. and, and so you get this conversation. And funny enough, like on the world stage, it's just like anywhere else here. If, or if you go to another state, they're like, you from Miami? Like Florida? Like you are Florida, man? And I'm like, yeah. You a Florida man? Yeah. So like even in the island part, I had the Australians telling the Thais, they were like, yo, where he comes from, all the crazy shit happens. It's a crazy place. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hello, baby. I'm just Florida trying to is just the Australia of that hemisphere, bro. Don't play us. You guys got killer bees and kangaroos, dog. Like, play us you know but you know just different things and and it's very funny um there's people here in the states that don't know much about politics in the states hmm. you know the australians were like oh and you got that crazy guy desantis and i was like they know it all i was like how do you know desantis bro he's like he just got, he just popped up on the scene they're like yo that's baby trump dog like that's a crazy place they you keep, live in. everybody keeps in touch baby well that's called a, a global corporate media at work, making sure everybody is in tune and knows all of the where party lines fall. You know, yeah, but that's why it's like it, to them, it's this circus going on in the states, and and they're like burst on it, and they tune in like their favorite show. They binge watch this bullshit. <laughs> so, easy, easy. It's just it was funny, but yeah. So for the solo, it really you know, there were times where I'm like, yo, this is super beneficial. Because, like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a very religious person, but, like, going into the to the monasteries by myself was a vibe for me. Because, one, I'm checking the uh, the architecture. 
Two, I'm checking the monks because me, you know, I'm ready to cancel a monk because I'm like, <laughs> yo, I peeped the monk with some AirPods. I was like, yo, that doesn't look Something very monk like, bro. You two in tune, you know, like, so just little things and, 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 and learning things for me to soak up the information. I think that soloness was really like I could be the guy walking the street and looking at my notebook and jotting things down and that's what I wanted to ask. I wish I did it. I wish I did when I was traveling. I just knew more of the practice of writing down your thoughts and journaling just to be able to, I don't know, reimmerse myself because a lot of what I did is just now maybe a memory, but my memory is already pretty hazy because of a lot of marinjanas and all the glycerin, bro, the glycerin. You know, it hits you. It hits you. Uh, how did you, how did you make time for, for writing your thoughts? What did you prior or what did you, what was your relationship, if you will, with? Well, literally walking, I have this notebook that I keep, uh, normally I would do it on a post-it, but then you have a bunch of post-its in your pocket and mm. you're trying to pull out bot to pay the tuk-tuk man and post-its mm. are falling out. So I have a little bound notebook that I put in my back pocket and literally just walking around with a pen and just little things that like stoke my interest or, or, or made me like, yo, think twice and stuff like that. And so like, uh, you know, even down to, and I have stupid notes, like, uh, they have a restaurant it's spelled S U P P A N I G A. Supanga. S U P P A N I G A. Super nigga. Super nigga. <laughs> so like that ended up in my notebook and then I was like, Yo, dog! Like this <laughs> is over. Hella racist, dog. And so yes. then Pablo's like, "What are you talking about?" So I'm showing the the word. And he's like, "Oh, supaniga," and I was like, "Supaniga, Pablo." And he starts dying laughing. And he's like, "Yo, it's actually a fire restaurant." And I'm like, "Yeah, dog, but I can't support this level of racism." <laughs> So I'm gonna pay for dinner tonight, and then when we go there, you gotta pay because I can't pay my black dollars. But it ended up being fire food, you know. But yeah, so I'm just walking around. I'm whipping out my pencil, jotting down the notes, and I think what it was was within because I didn't even do that necessarily in Qatar. And Qatar, I had gained so much just from those 14 hours that I was like. Yo, because my notebook was in my check-on luggage, and that I don't pick up in the layover. So it was when I got to Thailand that I realized I am about to absorb a ton of information that I did not plan on. Therefore, I should probably roam the streets with my notebook and jot this stuff down. And so that, it wasn't on purpose. It was just, it happened to come to be. And because I knew I was going solo, that's why I took the notebook because I planned on taking like three days on the beach, just journaling, jotting thoughts and stuff like that. But then it turned into this everyday activity because I was just learning at such a rate, you know, like my brain felt stagnant for so long, just doing the everyday, the, the, the monotonous task. But then here it's like my brain literally reminded me, yo, I'm still young, bro. I can still learn things, absorb things because I was passionate about it. So, yeah. Right. That was total accident. And it literally is just me walking around, jotting things down. They probably thought I was a writer, bro, because I'm literally, <laughs> yo, I order something. I'm like, yo, what is what is Kong Gi food? Uh, what is Isan? Where is Isan? You know, and then I ended up hopping in a taxi with a guy who was just at a rocket festival, the taxi driver in Isan, because he's of the Isan people, which is mm. like northern Thailand. And then he was showing me videos 
of like him and his kids in the mud because they have a mud celebration and then they're shooting off rockets, like literal rockets. God so damn. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> no, and then he gave me some freaking paprika banana chips. Dog. Like, yo, these are from Isan. Try these. Uh-huh. So it was just like you're absorbing culture at such a fast rate that it's like if you don't write it down, like the other option was to just keep the GoPro on continuously and just run back the tapes and try to review yeah, them. But, but then I, you got to edit and you got you got a whole lot of things. Here's the thing. Funny enough, I did not take a lot of pictures because mm-hmm. it was important that I be present in the moment. Like that is the ultimate freedom is the freedom to be present in the moment and really mm-hmm. receive things. So there's a fine balance between write everything down or just, yo, continue a conversation, let the person finish and try to pray to God that you remember everything, you know, because <laughs> you got the damn Korean rice wine in your beer and it's slapping the life out of you. So, you know, not all notes made it into the notebook, but um, yeah, it was just uh, a, a hazard of the trip as I realized, yo, information is coming at me fast. And these are things I want to remember. So but why not continue that on the, on the day to day? That's why you, you, everybody got to push in some way is journaling. Write down your thoughts. It's your conversation with yourself. It's how you process all this, you know, straight up that. And once you turn 30, bro, it's like, you know, you, you, you can't trust farts and you can't trust your mind either, bro. Like your, body, <laughs> your body's changing. So that's my fear is that I missed some of the things that I was meant to receive while I was there. And so. This just uh yeah, I was I fear mongered myself into taking notes and I was glad for it, you know. Well it's interesting because then you also get to see like what you noticed, what you cared about. Cause even when you're in the moment, you might just be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But if yeah. it left so much of an impression on you to write things down, then I mean, you'll be able to process it better and understand it better and yeah. take more from it in the way. That and not all of it's deep thoughts either. Like, you no, know, baby. I have to research <laughs> these water beetles because I was eating scorpion. Uh, and, uh, they had water beetles, but I'm like, yo, that's a cockroach, dog. That's a cockroach. <laughs> and I said, no, water beetle. And I'm no. like, man, I know what a cockroach is, bro. That ain't it. Give me that thing with the pinches in the tail, though. That's what I want. So, you know, just like little stuff like that. You know, you got the brain farts and then you got the, the deeper things. And then you just have like uh, the, the cultural clashes because Thailand is like coming to Miami in a sense that you're not just getting one culture. You're getting the meeting spot, the melting pot of all these different cultures that have come to this city. Mm-hmm. So I did not expect that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I miss that. So when I went, my aunt Eliza was there, is there, pardon me. So it was nice in the bare minimum, at least to see some of the food spots and some of the places that she goes on her day to day excursions of like shopping or what have you and maybe seeing that side of the coin. It'd be cool to see though the melting pot of all these of all these uh I don't know I, I imagine this also exists in China and Japan and all these various countries because yeah. globalization all those things I wanted to share while you were on these travels this is this is actually last week's episode but I also had some travels and tribulations as I called it I didn't tell you about the story so what's the one thing you do when you're traveling Josh what's the one thing you gotta just hold on to no matter what, where wherever you are when you're traveling, especially international. Your passport. Why? 
because it's the key home. Like if you don't have <laughs> yo, if you're about to tell me some wildness, like you lost your passport, dog. Yo, rookie mistake number one. You know how many times yo, I could be like slurring my words and falling down, but there's one thing that I'm gonna know is that my passport is literally jammed in my pocket and my pocket is twisted, so it can't come out. Uh, no matter what you're so I wish I knew the well, I wish I had these hacks, dog. You had a lifetime of traveling ahead of you. These are some things your boy is just stumbling across now. No, you know what that is? <laughs> that's that's uh that's a deeper soulful commitment to the free spirit and uh the let the universe do as it must. That's what that is, bro. I sadly do not have that because at certain times yeah. I have to- of being kidnapped in another country. The anxiety or, hits you. Or ending up on one of those <laughs> Al Jazeera beheading terrorist videos. You know, so well, like the passport well, the, is important. Well, the difference is you're going to uh you're going to Thailand, you're going to all these different countries across Asia. I'm going to I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to Texas, baby. Granted, I mean, if there's gonna be a place where there's gonna be some bands in the bro, States. You get, <laughs> you're stuck in Texas, bro. It's safe. Vegas well, is safe too, bro. Right. It wasn't the worst thing. What happened was I, it was literally the night before I was packing, went to, it was all work conferences while I was there for. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Work conference went well. I had my backpack on my backpack, especially when you're in an airport, you put your passport, your airline ticket, you put the things easily accessible because you constantly have to take it out and scan. Right. So you have that little pouch. Boom. Have my pouch, have my pouch, get on the airplane, you know, and like, it's just a little chaotic. When you're sitting sitting down and is, is very bags and fucking getting up and down because people are getting in and out of their seats. Okay, what, what have you. Go to the conference. All good. My flight's at 6 a.m. San Antonio to Dallas. Dallas to Montreal. And as I'm in San Antonio and it's it's maybe 10 p.m., my flight's at 6 a.m. It's got to be airport at 4 a.m. Where's my passport? And at first, I'm just like, can't find it, you know, but maybe I just got to dig down everything. Maybe I just got to look where I haven't looked yet, but I'm in a hotel. I mean, I haven't really, I brought a backpack and a, there's only a handful of places it could be. So you're going through these things, you're, you're pulling everything out and you're slowly but surely coming to the realization, I'm locked up abroad, motherfucker. What are we going to do? Where could it have been? You know, the Google searches that night of <laughs> locked up Canadian in America, lost passport, what to do? <laughs> Texas, help. <laughs> I, bro, I, call, I called everybody. Man was, under- man was six posts deep on a Reddit forum, bro. <laughs> it was bad, dog. Ella Brad, Bella replies, bro. But as you said, the universe. And the universe is good to me. I have no idea how Joshua Murray no why I deserve this treatment. There's a there's a saying in Jamaica. It's God only protect fools and babies. So you decide. <laughs> well, I understand exactly, my Jeebus. I understand exactly. Bro, I call nine one one. I'm going through the loss of passport claims thing. I'm planning. To go to the embassy because turns out you could fly in America as a can as a, you could fly in America as a, as a Canadian you could fly in as America on your driver's license yes just within the states 
So I was like, all right, maybe I can, I can actually make it to Dallas. And Dallas is where the Canadian embassy is. I get one of those temp passports. I can, you know, I can figure it out. It's going to be a few days delayed. I found a solution. Mind you, by the way, while I was going through it, I was training for this moment. I was able to just win off. Stick to the breath work, bro. <laughs> stick to the breath work. I lost it a couple times and slipped, but I came back. I just focused on you. You get through this one. This is a new one. Uh, the plan was actually you could fly to a border town and drive across. Yes. You could do all these things. Anyways, I go to bed at midnight. I get a call at 1230, expecting it to be the cops. It's not the cops. Say, Hello, this is Nick Nicholas Chin. I'm like, yeah, I'm file a complaint, file a report. This is Judy from Delta or United Airlines or whoever it was. So I was like, what to do, Judy? Howdy ho. She says, I think I might have something you're looking for. I said, hit me, baby. <laughs> God protect. God protect, baby. God protect. I so left it in. You found your passport. You left it in the pocket. How'd you know? Exactly. Because I checked the pockets three to four times and people look at me funny. But it's like, I'll have my passport in my actual pocket, but I still check the pockets before I get off the plane. Bro, I even had these thoughts. Situation. I had these thoughts even going through my head. I was, I was like, I wouldn't do that, bro. Of course it's on me. Like, I've just, I have this dripping confidence for no fucking reason because i'm an absolute idiot bro uh god protect judy i love you judy and a whole lot of back and forth long and short this bitch went to missoula montana and somehow judy found it and she overnight expressed it to your boy when i was in dallas i mean and bro i was just telling everybody that i met and interacted with as i like just chilling the airport i was just like a slug for a couple of days like hey you want to know what happened i found my passport baby it's coming to meet your boy (laughs) that was just gratitude overwhelmed with gratitude so judy is definitely on the christmas card list this year easy bro easy so until then i'm gonna get one of those uh those necklaces on a company yes you are the unaccompanied Nah, dog. You know? Just get unaccompanied mental. Like Theo Vaughn says, you 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 in the mental category. <laughs> well, everybody has. Get- well, my my uh, my last one, and I'm I'm trying to work through, and I want to know what you did or how you managed to do it. I find when tra- when traveling, I kind of got a little bit better on the last trip. Creatures of habit, creatures of routine. It's super important. I feel to have some semblance of structure in your day to day life, not just working, but just every day it's hard when you're out of your place your environment your routine what did you do how did you manage to keep somewhat sane and keep doing some of the things that make you who you are while also immersing yourself in all the different things yeah that was tough in thailand because the first thing i wanted was an ice bath and to access the ice bath in one of the places (laughs) Uh, you have to be Wim Hof certified. What does that mean? So you have to have taken the breathing courses and to be able to use it, to use the ice bath. I said, I just want to dip these balls in some cold. (laughs) Are you level two certified? And so that threw me off. And so of course, then Bangkok being so hot, it's like by the time I jump in the tuk-tuk, go down the street to get the bags of ice, to come back to the hotel, to drop in the thing, half the ice is gone because it is sweltering. 
So that was the ice bath, not for uh, recovery, but just for just for day start, just getting (laughs) getting jet lag out of your system. Just yeah, 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 getting my brain back in a place. But um, I don't know. The working out is just so consistent. So even when uh, first day I got there, luckily my hotel or sorry, my Airbnb was in a really nice condo building that had a gym. So I went, did a workout. Um, when I got down to the islands where that's not exactly an option. So the, the workout of choice there is climbing. But yes, yeah. climbs are a little dangerous. Serious. And I, like I don't even uh, belay. Like I haven't learned uh-huh. the rope system. So I've only done indoor. So even there, it's just burpees and stuff. But that's like the beginning of getting back to self and having somewhere like stopping at your baseline and springing from there. And that's very important when traveling for me. Movement. Um, so the workout is the key. And then I didn't know, but a lot of people say it's the key to fighting jet lag. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just taking a moment. Uh, the meditation is key. Sitting with yourself for a moment and just gathering your thoughts and mm-hmm. placing your intentions on your day. And then, um, yeah, other than that, traveling is being outside your comfort zone. So, it's just to do something daily that is that is uncomfortable. And that's part of my routine here. Mm-hmm. So the Translates uncomfortableness well. is you're lost in translation. Uh, you're trying to get around the city and, you know, you just got to throw yourself into situations and see if you figure it out. Start early. That helps because then mm-hmm. hopefully you get back by sundown. And that was the case for me. Uh, the two days that I just went on random adventures. Um But yeah, the thing is about traveling is um, I think as much as you want the reference point or the point that is, ah, this is this is solid. This is my foundation. As much as you want that, one of the points of traveling is to shift perspective or really see how the other side lives instead of just clinging to everything that you know. And so it's like uh, people watching helps me with that Mm -hmm. because like, yo, I'll go outside. I'll walk maybe I walk? I walked three miles one morning and then sat at a, it was like near a train station entrance mm-hmm. and just watched people and like saw how the day started to develop for most people, you know? And it was funny, uh, you know, in, in the richer areas, you got the Starbucks. So, yo, everybody, it's like, I was like, am I in America doc? Like everybody's going to get the crack from Starbucks, you know, little things like that. But then it's like when I'm on the other side in like the more, Old school district, it's like, yo, everybody's starting the day with a little bit of sticky rice and some weird <laughs> fish, something on top of it, and just wham, 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 eating bowls, sitting it. on the sidewalk. Uh, some people were letting their roosters out. I didn't know if cockfighting. So I found out later cockfighting was a thing um, in Thailand. Uh, so, Type of cockfighting? Like roosters. Like Yeah? Yeah, it's a thing. Like and in, more, they put- in more rural areas. So I saw the roosters first. In Bangkok, but by the time I got to the islands, then I saw some, and I'm like, "Yo, dog, my boy's got body on him. That's not your average rooster. You don't use him as an alarm clock. Uh, uh, you know, he's used for other purposes. Work, work. And he had little, little like damage to his back. And I was like, "Nah, bro, that's a warrior, dog. That's uh, a Mai Tai rooster, dog. Tell me more. You know, but um, that's the thing. It's uh, letting go of everything you know, and really trying to submerge yourself." And it's not easy and it's not painful. And, and that's the other thing. When people go on vacation, everyone wants to latch on to comfort. It's mm-hmm. like people that go to resorts. They're eating pizza every day, 
but they're halfway across the world where the people don't eat pizza. Pizza's mm. not a thing to them. So you really have to make it a goal to submerge yourself in the culture. And that's what I did. And as uncomfortable as it is, it really opens you up for growth or perspective shift or, yo, like figuring out things that you may have thought were the gospel are not the gospel. You know, life is different on the other side. So I get you because I, I trust me. It's the first thing I do. If I don't have a gym, I start to get frustrated. That's my reference point. Thanks. Start to stay with a workout. But um, even the days that I didn't, it's just like, okay, what are they doing? What are, what, what are, how do other people start their day? And so it's just a soak up culture, man. And so that's the key, you know, and then simulate their culture. It'll be funny when you attempt to do what they do, you know, mm-hmm. there were numerous times where I didn't have access to the gym or I was running late and I was like, yo, this is going to throw off my day. But then it was just like, yo, take a deep breath. Like you said, hit the breath work. And then throw yourself into the everyday society, you know, like there were days that I woke up and I was like, man, you know, uh, training is just, yo, I need to check my email for work. Funny enough, my whole computer locked down because I was so far outside of (laughs) the the access. Yeah, so I couldn't work. So I was like, yo, this is great. At first, stress started to spike because I had a project that was in active construction. But then I was like. Y'all don't really have anything planned. I'm going to hop on a water taxi. I'm going to take it to the end of the damn canal. Then I'm going to get off and I'm going to walk two miles. Let me see what I can get into, you know? And so as stressful and as anxious as you may feel by that, it's just creating new reference points, new routines that will serve me in the long run. So that was being my first trip fully alone. I had to break myself from everything that I know and really submerge myself. And mm-hmm. in the long run, now that looking back after these three weeks, I'm like, yo, I'm really glad I did that. But now I'm back trying to find back my routine. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot how to, how to do <laughs> how what I do, you know? But uh, I don't know. I'd say you look like you have more energy, Josh. You look like you have a, more, a bigger appreciation and you're more uh, less out of your head, more out of your head, pardon me. Yeah. And... I would say a lot of what you probably got when you were traveling was just like appreciation for white space in your calendar and being able to say, all right, where's this day going to take me? How am I going to manifest and make my day? Yes. And, and one thing I will tell you, um, I gained so much from the Thai expat experience in terms of, and so this is the, the, the theme of my entire trip is the realm of possibility. I didn't know it was the theme until I went to Pablo's poetry night. And then he shared an older poet that had done on a previous show. He talked about the realm of possibility, not to write people off because the difference between you up at eight in the morning, going to your job and the homeless man chugging, you know, wino spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, There's just a few choices and a few circumstances and you become him. So the realm of possibility is 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 so wide. There's so many paths between you and everyone on earth. And at any moment, you could end up on any of these paths. So like the expat experience is so crazy. Like just the Australians. Like I met a guy who used to work for Goldman Sachs mm. in the trading, big time financial guy. She goes to Glastonbury. This is in his late 20s. Mm. Goes to Glastonbury, which is like in Britain, one of the big music festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where's a cardboard box that says, could you help me with some acid? Get some acid, liquid drops, boom, boom, boom. Literally, about three hours later, is doing an interview that he does not know will eventually be shown on BBC television. But they asked him and he said, yo, it's cool. Gets back to work after like five weeks off. Email box usually has about 11 to 20 emails. It had 400 when he got back. Everybody (laughs) referencing the video. Yo, that was hilarious. But yo, I don't know how much longer you're going to have a job, dog. And he's just like, wait, what? Totally forgot. And then ends up becoming an engineer at a mining firm in Perth, Australia, and literally comes to Riley and climbs for what is it, four months out of the year and then goes and does mining for the rest of the year. Realm of possibility. And so him, he's a super productive individual, but still a free spirit, not married, doesn't have kids. Uh, you know, father never understood him, uh, didn't understand why he made these choices, doesn't have a family, is mm. not a productive member of society, brings his dad over to Riley to Thailand, has him there for two weeks. At the end of two weeks, father turns to him and he says, I never thought I'd say this, but I understand. He's like, yo, I see you. And he's like, I respect this. Like, I get it. And he's like, shit, if I knew about this place before, I don't even know if you'd have been born, you know, like those kind of things. And so it's just don't judge anyone because at any moment you could go through like, you know, if I'm doing acid and I get fired, Oh, I'm going to be in a dark place for a little. But there's life after, like, everything. This is a damn simulation. You know, we're in the Matrix, baby. And so that was the big thing. And then another thing is Jim Thompson, who's a famous uh, American who revamped the Thai silk trade. I went to his museum to see his house. So what he did was after World War II, he worked for the CIA. He was like a spy. Then he dips and goes to Thailand, becomes big in this Thai silk industry. The King and I comes out and his business skyrockets because everything is silk and Thai silk is now the thing and it's Mm. in. And so all these little mini stories of these expats that have been able to sustain a life in Thailand and are still doing things out in the world. It's just like these are alternate paths for me. And so that was the real thing that I took away. So if I didn't take those random days and break from routine, and, and, and go to the bar at 10 a.m. and have the conversations. I would never even know that the, like, you would know if you really have a good imagination. Mm. But to see people doing it and be like, it's different. It's, it's all good. It's okay. Yeah. You know, as much as someone would say, yo, this guy's a degenerate, I'm like, no, he'd be mining for iron ore in Perth, Australia. That takes a level of skill and a level of fortitude just to be in 113 degrees in the daytime in a full suit while you're Mm -hmm. mining. You know, Mm -hmm. so as much as people would like to write them off because he's in Riley and he's rolling up hash and and what is it? White gelato or he had like white mango something, uh, Kush or whatever. He's rolling up at 10 a.m. and it's just like. Anybody passing by was like, oh, look at this guy. His party days haven't ended. But I'm like, bro, he's just one iteration of the many possibilities for all of us. And he's still a productive member of society. Oh, and he's there. There's a sailing race in Riley 
one of the boat guys got sick. This dude happened to sail at some point in his life, knew things, and became second man on the back of the boat. The ship won second place. And he literally is just an old man that partied. Bro, I drank with this dude till from, what was it, 9 p.m. till 6 a.m. the next morning. Just unload stories on me. But it's like if I didn't spend this time, I wouldn't know that, yo, there are a bunch of routes. Like there is no such thing as one straight road. The mm-hmm. amount of side roads that you can take and end up back on the main highway is insane. So that's just like, that's the biggest thing that I pulled from this. And then funny enough, I met a lot of engineers while I was there and, and engineers that had recently like people in my, and they're in the parallel universe. Like in England is the parallel universe. I'm here trying to break free, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. They're doing freelancing for the last two years and things are great. They've been traveling Asia for this long. And I'm like, there's a whole world out here. And my dumb ass was just trying to pay bills back home. You know, uh, like, live, live, live and let live. So, yeah, that that is 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 I don't even know if I got off track there, but I was trying to stick to that point. And that's what <laughs> I really got from Thailand is what the realm of possibility is. And where I might have thought I only had 10 possible paths in my life, it really was a was a paradigm shift or just mini existential crisis after existential crisis. Because the system I've been raised in, how I've been indoctrinated, like everything in North America is based on capitalism. And as great as capitalism is, it's something that only serves us for so long. And when you're tired of swimming against the river, bro, and you go to somewhere like Bangkok, you realize all these people went there because they were tired of wasting the energy swimming against the river. And they said, yo, I want to flow with the river. And they realized the river of Bangkok is going where they're trying to go. And they hopped in it and they sat on the float and didn't even kick or paddle, bro. (laughs) And they got so far. So, like, that's like the big thing that I took from Thailand is the expat journey and the shit they go through and just the quality of life that they're really tapping into where the rest of us are over here trying to keep up with the Joneses, bro. And so it just made me think like literally I did not expect to go to Thailand and think that, yo, I would leave and be thinking of ways to maybe have something there to where I could spend six months there, six months here. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I would, in right. my head, I was like, ah, not possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's why I said I had to clear my head, forget everything I knew, and go with an open mind. As Bruce Lee would say, no mind when you enter battle. But mm-hmm. that's when there's water. When there's water, be wet, good sir. Straight up. So that's like the real takeaway is just the realm of possibility. And I think everybody has to think about the realm of possibility, bro. Because as much as we want to judge others, bro, Yo, there's a million reasons how you could end up being a person that you fully despise right now. You know, like, so don't judge people, bro. You see, uh, you see everything everywhere all at once. Yes. That's it. That's it. Oh, God. <laughs> Every time someone says that, the butt plugs come first. Yeah. That's literally the first thing. But no, it, that that is it. It's just like anything is really possible, bro. And really, I think people just need to take a moment and really enjoy and really step outside your comfort zone. Because what we think we know about the world, we don't until we go there and experience it for ourselves and make your own judgment. Don't listen to the news, bro. Don't listen to the books, bro. Go see it for yourself and figure it out, you know? 
right down. Buddhist dog. I thought they were the most loving, friggin', just caring people in the world. But because of the simple fact of reincarnation, now I'm just dropping random facts. Hit me. Because of the fact of reincarnation, they do not give money to the poor or take in the poor because there's a reason that man has no legs and he's begging for coins on the street, dog. He has reincarnated to this body because of something he has done. And that is the reason we cannot help him because that is Buddha's will, bro. He needs to suffer. Like, you know, we're here thinking the monks are just loving everybody, saving these hoes. No, bro. They are saving no hoes, bro. Those are hoes and they've been reincarnated as hoes because they deserve this. Like, that's a thing there, bro. I didn't that's, even know Buddhism had a cold side, bro. But I was going to say, that's a perspective. Cold, bro. <laughs> be like, get off me, you plebe. Like, bro, they be jugging and moving through traffic. Like, it's hilarious. But it's just like, Jesus, dog. You know, but you just learn things. You just learn and you learn. And then it's like, you have to come home. And it's like, everything you knew about home. I'm just like, yo, America. You're on a shaky ass foundation, dog. Cause I just what? seen people making it work on the other side, bro. What yeah. y'all gonna do about it now? Yeah. No, we having an egg crisis over here, bro. Egg crisis. I'm paying about seven, eight dollars for a pack of eggs, bro. For seven dollars, I got an omelet with a pound <laughs> of crab in it. You know what a pound of crab meat costs here? I'm like, why does crab meat cost so much? I paid twenty one dollars just for the crab meat here. I can't make that omelet for that price, bro. And then they wouldn't <laughs> let me tip. Something's wrong. Sorry, dog. I get really gassed, dog. It's just violent. Just understand. I know <laughs> Chappelle. I'm so mad. Like, nah. I literally came back very upset with America, dog. Because I was like, yo, these people are making it work. You're level two certified in your breath work now, dog. So yeah, I need I you to, inshallah, Oof. you know? Uh, <laughs> Namaste, dog. Namaste. Yeah, that's what I said entirely. I was like, nah, I'm going to stay. But I came back. But um, yeah, no, it's just perspective. It's just the brain is too open now. Now now I'm having a hard time closing it. It's well, I'm just, glad you're back. I'm trying now, to double down. Let's do it. <laughs> now that you have the openness, the creativity, the freedom, find the structure, find the pillars, find the posts. So that you could bolster that bitch into your life and your everyday. Yeah. And that's how we become more whole individuals and all them things, you know? It's facts, bro. It's facts. I look, I look forward to uh I look forward to more travel stories this year, Josh. Uh oh, we'll, for sure. We'll and I, I would I would like to include you because yes. I, I am going back to, to Bangkok um next year. So as soon as I get things settled, um i'm definitely gonna go back and then i will definitely extend that invitation sir. we will we will only organize we'll only go figure out all yeah. them super niggas oh my god hey super <laughs> niggas fire though just as a black person you can't pay dog it's just you're going against your ancestors dog. yeah uh, love and prosperity. I even had a watermelon juice there, dog. I was like, God damn, why'd I do? And I ordered it on my own free will. I was mad at myself. They got you. And Pablo was like, Did you want a fried chicken with that? I was like, Man, fuck you. Get the steak. <laughs> but, uh, Let's get out of here. Yeah. So, nah. But yeah, experiences, man. Experiences are important because I think that's where the real knowledge comes from. It's the skin in the game. Mm. And so now that I am one, you know, um, yeah, 
And then uh, traditional tattoos, dog. Sakyan, it was an experience. Yeah. I had to go see the master. It was just... And now I'm a part of like, so like how you had the Boring Ape Yacht Club. You yeah. had the NFT, you had access. Bro, with my new tat, now I have access to his uh, yearly event where uh, everybody comes for prayer. It's called Waroon. And I was like, yo, this is dope. It's a cult. But yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, it's a cult. Dog. One I'm proud to be part of. But yeah, I got the, got the nine pillars of Buddha and it was just, it brought me peace. Thailand brought me peace. It brought me peace of mind. Um, yeah, and I hope I can maintain this this mindset, stay refreshed, but still reassimilate into this cutthroat capitalist society. So we'll keep, yeah. I'll keep I'll keep you accountable, dog. And uh please do there's no better way to leave it off on the realm of possibility. Realm of possibility, people. Just never say never. That's that's the rule, bro. And never lose your damn passport. <laughs> that's that's we're gonna leave it at that. That's dog. rule number two. For those of you traveling, dog, get your passport implanted in your forearm, dog. Well, now we know. Now we know. Now we do know. God bless. <laughs>